welcome to the Fuck Nation Sports Betting Podcast. I am your host, Fuck Nation. I have here with us again today, The Hammer, to discuss and recap NFL Week 1. How you doing, Hammer? What's up, man? Glad to be back on the show. I'm ready to go after tell you the recap of Week 1. Thank you, man. Thanks for joining. I know, well, you were with me personally at Buffalo Wild Wings this Sunday, and it was wild, truly wild. I guess one or two words on my side was just chaos. What about on your end, if you could sum it up? Roger Goodell was loving life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, every game almost down to the wire. I mean, couldn't ask for a better week one. That is well said. I mean, I think he picked – I don't know if he picked it in purpose, but a great schedule. It turned out, you know, with Baker Mayfield opening up against uh, the Browns. And, you know, all these games came down to the end. And that's what we're here to give you a little recap and uh, give you our thoughts on it. Um, you know, what we saw what was a lot of chaos and wild on a lot of the games coming down to the wire. I think one game that stood out for me was the Pittsburgh Steelers going into Cincinnati and getting a, I think it was 23-20 victories and just seeing Evan McPherson miss two blatant extra extra point field goals to win the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, just wild to see. Thoughts? Uh, Pittsburgh, I mean, they're a well-coached team, and it doesn't matter who's, who's the quarterback. They're coming in that AFC North rivalry, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to go down to the wire every time. Right. I mean, Mike Tomlin always has his team ready. You know, we've talked about before how there's not too much of a downgrade going from Big Ben to Mitch Trubisky. And the defense stands out, Minka Fitzpatrick, who happened to get one of those blocked extra points before regulation. Mm. Uh, I think it was Jamar Chase who caught the game-tying touchdown before an end of regulation. Evan McPherson lines up and gets blocked by Minka Fitzpatrick. This team is just built on character, pedigree, winning culture. And, you know, maybe to some, you know, who are Bengal favorites or saw what the Bengals did last year, coming in as a seven-point favorite, I'm not shocked personally that mm-hmm. they not only covered but won the game. Mm-hmm. How about you? Uh, well, you got me there, man. I, I definitely had the Bengals minus six and a half. Oh, <laughs> well, I definitely didn't mean to lead you into that, my bad. But – um. I knew it was going to be a close game, but I just thought the Bengals had, you know, had a yeah. little. I thought they would take it to them, but you know, mm-hmm. I learned, you know. Yeah, well, Pittsburgh. That's how. Wild, yeah, I mean, this is, this was truly a wild week one. Um, you know, teams you thought should have won, lost or didn't cover, and things that teams that you thought were going to get blown out, like the Houston Texans, somehow found a way to tie against the Indianapolis Colts, which. Speaking of kicking, Rodrigo Blankenship, your fantasy kicker, you know, he had that game-winning kick. I know that I lost a bet on that. I had a a Jonathan Taylor uh, and Colts to win parlay. So Jonathan Taylor scored earlier in the day and just needed the Colts to win that. And he had a 40-yard kick that he missed to the right, I believe. And, you know, they ended up tying in that game. So just a lot of games. There was a lot of missed kicks, no doubt about it. we could go through all the games and count them. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, definitely interesting week one. And speaking of, uh, I think I speak for my teams and your teams and everyone around the country, anybody who's played Survivor League, 
a lot of teams were eliminated. I actually saw in my league that I'm doing over 63% of the league is eliminated of teams from just week one of Survivor. Oh, yeah. Um, definitely, you know, the Ravens were the only team that I think they were the highest played team on Survivors and they got past through the Jets. But, you know, Colts, if you had the Colts, you lost your team. Um, if you had the, let's see, if you had the Broncos on Monday Night Football, you lost your team. If you had the Titans at home, you lost. So just a lot of craziness in week one. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think one initial thing that we I learned on my side was Patrick Mahomes is pretty damn good. <laughs> he did not miss a beat, man. Yeah. I know it was, uh, I know it was Arizona and, you know, going into the game, they uh, have a pretty leaky secondary, at least to start this, the, the season. I mean, he torched them. I mean, it doesn't matter. I know we some people thought a little regression with Kansas City and, and Patrick with not having uh, the cheetah, Tyreek Hill. But, I mean, I, how many – I feel like – did you look at the box score? I mean, I think, like, everyone got involved, chipped in. Oh, yeah, they spread it around. Um, I, I – I know, I know Juju was their number one target. He had a lot of underneath stuff going right. on, but yeah, it was spread around. And Kelsey was Kelsey. He did his usual output. Uh, you just can't guard for that type of specimen, huh? Mm-mm. Nope. Um, anything before, so we're going to go into this next one, but anything you learned that just stands out, something like a Mahomes standing out or anything that caught your eye? In, in, uh, in that game? No, just in general from week one. Any quick thoughts? Um, I, the 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 game I, that I, that actually shocked me the most was how the Houston Texans competed well with the right. Colts. You know that one. Yeah, I did not expect them to. Right. I mean, I don't know how many. Well, I, I think they had like I forget what they finished with last year in regards of wins. I think they maybe finished with was it three, two or three. Probably. Uh, I know mm-hmm. down the stretch, I think with Davis Mills, they kind of competed pretty hard. Um, Brandon Cook's a bright spot there. Uh, they have the new coach. So, yeah, that, that definitely is a shocker. But here, let me tell you a stat on this. And I may have told you over the weekend, and the reason why I stayed away from the Indianapolis Colts, the Colts have lost, including this past Sunday, eight straight week one losses mm-hmm. to start the season. Did you see that? I uh, I heard about that, yeah, but – I, I I sometimes ignore those his historical data stuff because, uh, yeah, you know, like Frank Reich wasn't the coach then. Like Frank Reich, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, it's true. And you know, new, true. new coach, but yeah, I mean, it is what it is. But. Yeah, it's just a it's a heck of a heck of a stat. However, mm-hmm. you want to look at it, like you said, if you want to dive into that or not. But uh, I don't know something with the Colts. You know, last year they were supposed to be in the playoffs, and they somehow found a way to lose to Jacksonville to not get in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Last year. So it's just a – that's a team to watch. They got the pieces, Jonathan Taylor, and supposedly a good defense. Uh, just got to see how good Matt Ryan can be there in that system, which is not asking him for much. But uh, we'll have to see. It's not a good start for them. At least they didn't lose, right? Yep. <laughs> well, look at that. <laughs> I lost, that's for sure. Yeah, tough. Well, I got one team left in Survivor. How many do you have left? Well – I did I, the tournament that I'm in. I have 26 entries, and I oh. I, I have uh, five entries left. Thanks oh, to God. thanks to my hometown Miami Dolphins. 
Oh, wow. How about that? I'm glad you put them. Yeah, I took two teams. I took uh, the 49ers, which is it was a homer play by me, my team, um, going into Chicago, and they lost them in a monsoon. I don't regret it because some of the other teams I would have put instead of them, they lost as well. Mm-hmm. So I got one team remaining, and Baltimore Ravens found a way to keep that ticket alive for me in my Survivor League. So may, maybe the – Worst is uh, behind us, and we can survive the rest of the season going into week two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what I want to do is fire away with you two questions each. I'll give you a question. You give me a question. I give you a question. You give mm-hmm. me a question. Anything you want, and just thoughts on week one, observations, mm-hmm. so to speak. I'll go first. My first question to you is, should Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers be concerned after their pedestrian seven points at Minnesota? Should they be concerned? And Should I, they be concerned? And let me give you five letters. <laughs> R-E-L-A-X. I see what you did there. Yes. I like it. Look, man, Aaron Rodgers, the MVP last year, he <clears throat> will write this ship. Um, they'll, he'll get it going. They didn't have Lazard. He's, I think he, I heard he's practicing today, and he should be back. He is their true number one. Uh, their true, I know they're kind of saying they're going to spread it around, but I believe he's going to be <clears throat> act as, a, as their workhorse wide receiver number one for that team. And um, they're in the NFC North. Not that strong of a division usually, but we'll see how this year goes. But I think they're going to be okay. Right. I mean, it's not, at least in my opinion – it's not. I'm not shocked that they lost to Minnesota. Minnesota's not no pushover. Uh-huh. They got Dalvin Cook, obviously a respectable or not respectable, just a consistent quarterback in Kirk Cousin, and then Justin Jefferson, who's just a freak right now at the receiver position, like Cooper Cup. I'm not shocked that they lost to them. I'm a little shocked that their offensive output only putting seven points, even though we know Devontae Adams isn't there. Mm-hmm. I know they. I know, like you mentioned, didn't have Lazard, but they still have. 1A and 1A in running backs in A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. And I think the most disappointing part of that team was they were getting a lot of hype on the defensive side of the ball, um, you know, allowing, mm-hmm. I think it was 27 points to the Vikings. Um, you know, they didn't really keep Green Bay and that offense in the game. So I think that's what I'm most shocked about. I'm not shocked that Minnesota beat them. And I'm with you, and it's just one game. I think last year, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't they get – Destroyed by the Saints week one? Yes. They got, like, schlackled. I mean, I think it was – I they, they didn't put up, I think, even a touchdown. It was very right. – it was a beatdown. Oh, yeah, I think they had three. So, not too far off from this past Sunday. I think they got three points. <laughs> and Saints have a good deal. But I don't think we need to overreact. Uh, I think Rodgers will somehow get the offense rolling, even without Devontae Adams. But the defense needs to play better, and I think they're in a – we won't dive into it, but I think they're in a perfect position to welcome the Chicago Bears on Sunday night, who he says he owns. He's oh. their daddy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely ownership of those Bears. Okay. So that was my question to you about Rodgers and the Packers. What do you got for me? Um, the biggest thing I wanted to talk to you about and is I know it's your home team. It's, it's the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, Trey Lands, you worried? Uh, well, there was already a little wariness 
worrisome <laughs> going into the season. Was very happy when we were able to somehow retain Jimmy Garoppolo with contract terms. So that made me f- felt a little peace of mind going into the season. Um, you know, nobody knows anything about Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. And he has, he's not really tested, wasn't in college, uh, played a little preseason, maybe got, got involved in a f- few snaps or a couple situational plays last year in the regular season. So nobody knows anything about him. His issues everyone's been chirping about was his inaccuracy on passing. We know mm-hmm. he can run. And, you know, it wasn't ideal, the conditions at Chicago, at Soldier Field, playing in that monsoon. I know you had kind of mentioned to me on Sunday that that game could be a tough one <laughs> yeah. if you took 49ers. Um, I know we were talking Survivor about that, but I kept my team in there. But, uh, yeah, Trey Lance didn't look good. <laughs> I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm also not going to write him off just yet. The conditions were horrendous, monsoon, literally. And that helped Chicago, you know, to kind of even the playing field out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to give Trey Lance – in my book, three more games. I say week four, week five. If he's not producing, um, if he's not making big throws, then, in my opinion, as a fan, and to save the season, you got to move on. To J- you got to move back to Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. Um, Trey Lance missed a wide open. Uh, I think it was to Tyler Croft, our tight end, who played for Kittle in the end zone, wide open that you know you need to make in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, overall, San Francisco, you know, they had a lot of penalties. The defense didn't play that well. So, overall, for the 49ers, they need to play well. But not officially panicking just yet, but give me two, three games, and I'll tell you differently. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right, I guess my second question and last one. Um, A team, I think, on a fantasy football perspective, and I think a lot of people, especially in that division, the Denver Bronco offense as a whole in general, what you thought about their loss on Monday night against Seattle and the game management towards the end with timeouts, settling for kicks. So it's a two-part question. The first one, yeah. Broncos offense. Did you like what you saw from Denver or are you worried about the first year coaching Nathaniel Hackett and just everything's just not meshing yet? Um, I- I'm happy. I'm happy. Uh, let's not forget that they had two goal line fumbles that back to back on back to back drives. So that's you know that's a that's they would have put up another 14 points more often right. than not. So was this, that in the be- was that in the sorry was that in the beginning or towards the end? That was talking? towards the I think the third quarter where they had yeah those. I think they had three definitely two at the goal line and maybe three within the red zone. I don't know. Yeah, the, well the two fumbles yeah were one one by Melvin Gordon and um, Javante. Yeah, and that doesn't happen off uh, like two in a row like that. So, yeah. like they should have won this game. Now, you know, uh, Russell threw for over three hundred yards. Um, he and I think they were smart. They were, I think, who they gave their best player, Javante Williams, their most explosive player. They gave him like eleven targets, ten catches, or something, mm-hmm. uh, like in screen plays. Like those oh are my gonna, god, yeah. Like they're, I think they were being smart with. They're their players. They got Corden Cullen Sun the ball. They got Judy the ball. Uh, yeah. All their playmakers, Albert O. So I think they're doing the, doing the right. Yeah. Um, and now you want to talk about the the play clock management at the end? Yeah. Um, if, I think you're specifically talking about the fourth and four. Go for it. I mean, yeah, I think yeah, that's pretty much 
fourth and four, I think just very – I think they could – even before that, it could be wrong, but definitely the fourth and four. It's almost like – and the coach said it at the end I in an interview the, later that night um, or the next day. He says, I was wrong for kicking that, settling for a 64-yard field goal. Uh, so are you – think that was scared play calling or or – Russell should be getting the ball there to convert. In my opinion, they had a minute on the clock. Yeah. They yeah. waited, they waited the whole play clock, which is what, 25 seconds, 30 seconds, and then they call a time. They just burned so much. And then they just put pressure on McManus to make that kick. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I, I think McManus, he had the leg for it. Right. Like, I mean, he missed it. Why? He wasn't short. He's a great kicker. He's yeah. So I'm sure they you know, they know they probably asked him, "Hey, can you make this? Can you you've done this in practice pregame? Mm. Yes, he probably said yes. I can make a coach, and they put him in. I don't. I mean, look, it's fourth and four. It's yeah. I don't know. And the guy McManus is a, a veteran kicker. Yeah. I mean, so you have no problem that they waited that down. I'm trying to remember. I'm drawing a blank. I'm trying to see even before that fourth and four. Were they just playing for the field? I rem- I can't remember the play no, right no, before the, that. The play before was third and um fourteen. Okay. Like, yeah, they put ahead of ten yard again. I can't remember what it was. Gotcha. And then, I guess just to sum it, it was just a weird sequence. You like burn that much clock. Even mm-hmm. Peyton Manning, with his brother Eli Manning on the other commentating crew, was saying timeout, timeout, timeout. Mm-hmm. And you know that's Peyton Manning saying that number eighteen. Uh, so I guess it was a weird sequence and almost like scared or confusion. And I'm just, that's yeah. what I was worried about with this team. You know, it's a rookie coach, you know, the nerves I think kind of kicked in mm-hmm. and he said himself, he regretted doing that. So it's hindsight, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, that's a tough one. 50, 50, either mm-hmm. rot letting Russ trying to get that first down fourth and five or kicking that field goal. So, um, when you pay, I'm sure you've seen it. When you pay a guy that much money, what is it? North of 200 million? Yeah, you want to give him the ball at the end. And and you're settling for the field goal. It makes you question what's going on because that's why Russell left kind of Seattle because Pete Carroll wanted to kind of play conservative and run the ball, so it doesn't mm-hmm. make it doesn't make the franchise or the management look good when they look scared in that situation or sequence. Yep. I hear, I hear you there. I mean, I can see both sides of the story, but in yeah. the end, uh, I'm not, I'm not freaking out about the coach yeah. or or the Denver Broncos. I think they're going to be just all right. Yeah, kudos and kudos to Seattle. I mean, Geno Smith played a great game. You know, they play hard in Seattle, and defense kind of played a well game, kept them mm-hmm. contained. Yep. Um. All right, you got one more question for me. Yes, I do, and my question to you is. Joe Burrow, <laughs> four interceptions. What is going on over there? Wow. Joe Burrows. Well, we know the man likes to sling the pigskin <laughs> around the turf. Um, hey, credit credit Pittsburgh. We talked about them earlier and what they are known for. Uh, but four picks, that's, yep. a, that's a lot. Um, you know, I'd have to – review on film each one of those but you know minka fitzpatrick made a play and a few others um you know good good hands on the ball you know really reaching and getting in front of the defender um but still i mentioned in some of the earlier pods and i'm not sure if you were with me on there now we talked to afc north uh joe burrows you know he hasn't he since his acl injury 
in the Super Bowl um, or where he inherited in the playoff. He hadn't played, hadn't thrown um, training camp, even preseason. It wasn't until the last game he started maybe just doing, getting reps mm-hmm. with the first-team offense. And, and still all that, he led a game-winning drive or potential game-winning drive to Jamar Chase, right, at the end. Oh, yeah. Um, so I think he just got to get out the the kinks, get some more – game day reps uh and he'll clean up those turnovers you know despite his four interceptions still should have won the game but uh he'll clean that up as the weeks go by i think that's just a case of not getting the training camp and preseason reps and maybe just a little bit sluggish especially when you play a pittsburgh Steelers team they're gonna they're gonna feast and take advantage of those that's mike tomlin style mm-hmm. so i'm not worried about joe um, well, if he throws another four, then maybe so. We'll talk about that next pot. <laughs> yeah, he, he did. He did regroup well on that. I think the last couple of drives to get him back into into back into the game. You know, he started to dominate. Um, right. You know, targeting uh, Jamar and just yeah. march him down the field. Yeah, he'll be fine, just like Aaron Rodgers and Joe Burrows, who I know you were high on a ton last year, and the Bengals. They'll get it going again, of course. You know, it's the Super Bowl finalist hangover, and they got to get through the schedule early on. But that offense should be good, right? I mean, you got Jamar Chase, mm-hmm. Joe Mixon, T. Higgins, who got concussed. Um, but a lot of good players on that offense to work with. They shouldn't uh, be struggling on Sundays, in my opinion. All right. Well, we gave our uh, two questions or burning questions, observations to each other. Um, one thing that stood out for me and things I like to look at, and you can tell me if you like to look into that data and insight, was the betting trends, and that's Vegas versus the public percentage. Mm-hmm. And what I saw, and that's in regards to the betting tickets being bet. So, you know, all this data is there for you on Vegas Insider, Total Action Network. Or act, what's it called? Uh, what's that site called? Let's see. Um, action. Mm-hmm. Um, what I saw was in regards to Vegas versus the public percentage of betting tickets being made, right. a record for Vegas in their favor was 10 and 6. Oh, wow. So let's just say, for example, and this one worked out in my favor, we had the Cleveland Browns at Carolina Panthers. This percentage was so high. It was 78% of bets were on Carolina Panthers and 82% of the money. And a lot of that was driven, number one news, in my opinion, the Baker Mayfield uh, revenge card against mm-hmm. Cleveland. You can thank Roger Goodell for that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, no Deshaun Watson. So there was a lot of knock on Cleveland and a lot of people, I think, public wanted to pound Baker and the Pandas, and they did, 78% public. That's a bet I went on Cleveland um, based on, you know, not because I like like Cleveland. I think they have one of the top two or three offensive lines in the game, which is very important. As we know, the games are won in the trenches. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it wasn't because I liked Jacoby Brissett in that offense. It was more because of the offensive line. And then when I saw everyone was on those numbers – it just made it easier. Hey, I'm going to take Cleveland. And, you know, it wasn't easy by any means. We were at Buffalo Wild Wings and we needed a 58-yard <laughs> kick by, uh, what was that, not Jed York, Cade York? Cade York. 
Where, by the way, do we have to? Where did he cook at? I, I mean, I know he's a rookie, but I don't know where he kicked at. I'll have to look at Google that while we're talking. Yeah, but anyway, right now. All right, cool. So it wasn't an easy bet by any means. Um, that was just one of the plays. So Vegas was ten and six versus the public. When you look at those data, the data and the inside of that. So it's something to look at when you bet. It's not the only way of betting. I like doing that. You got to use your gut sometimes. All right. But if you can kind of connect storylines like Baker Mayfield, revenge game, and you can look at these trends and it's pushing you one way over the other, I like the side with the, contrar- the, okay, yeah, the contrarian play, anti-public play. Because yep. we always say the lights are bright in Vegas for a reason. Oh, yeah. Um, so 10 and 6, that was uh, it doesn't always work out like that. But I think they win usually Vegas 10 and 6. That's a pretty uh, – Significant win for week one, wouldn't you think? Oh, yeah. They, they, they made it. They, they're definitely getting brighter. And right, by the way, right. Cade York, um, LSU Tiger. Oh, wow. Clutch. Okay. I like that. I like that. Well, I loved you, Cade, last Sunday. Uh, we used a free play, uh, max play, from one of our betting sites at betonline.ag. And, you know, had a little free ride there and put it on the Browns and got lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, while we're here talking about some data, some data, I saw that if you were an underdog catching points, um, ATS, you went eight and eight. So there was no win there. If you were underdog, you had eight wins versus eight losses. It wasn't one way over the other. Uh, and for the over under total perspective, the unders went 10 and six, by the way. I don't know if you knew that. The unders went 10 on 6. Under, so if you're an under better, like you've heard Mr. Under himself on one of the pods here on Fuck Nation Sport Betting Podcast, he would have had a good week. He would have had a good week. Um, so those were the numbers for week one. Um, shall we talk on the next segment? Thursday night football. Um, oh, big thoughts? game. Big game. Who do we got? <laughs> Tell them who we got the hammer. Is uh the Kansas City Chiefs against the Chargers? And right, and we're in uh, uh, in Arrowhead. In Arrowhead, um, and uh, I believe no Keenan Allen is the one one major injury that I'm hearing. Right, he's out. Um, so, what's we your do f- expect? Oh, go ahead. Go go ahead. ahead. I go said ahead. we do. We hopefully do expect Mike Williams to show up on the stat board. Something tells me you got Mike Williams on your fantasy football. Oh team. yeah. <laughs> You would you would like to expect a big game from him. Um, mm-hmm. They'll need him. Uh, what's your thoughts on the game? Do you have any uh, betting plays, angles? Who do you think is going to win? Just tell me your, what you got. Um, I, I think it's Chiefs minus four. Yep. Um, I do like the Chiefs. Um, I think they are just going to show them what like a, they're just in a whole another championship level mm-hmm. team. You know, they don't uh, the Chargers. They're a great team, but they don't. I don't think they have that championship pedigree status to at least they're going to get there maybe one day. But mm-hmm. I, think, I think Mahomes is going to show them what's up. Yeah, I mean they look good last week, but uh, they look good always every year. <laughs> but uh, Arizona made them look even a little bit better. Um, Chargers, they held on for a tight victory versus their uh, in division rivals, the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a nice gutsy win for them to start off on the right note. Um, yeah, like you said, Chiefs are catching four points now. I think yesterday and still on some sites they have them at. It opened at three, 
it got to four and a half and now you can find them at chiefs minus four, four and a half. Uh, you know, I'm a little bit, I hate that we're on different sides here. Uh, I'm kind of leaning a little chargers. I know no Keenan Allen, um, but just since Justin Herbert's been there, they've played these two games. Teams have played each other close. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm taking one side or the other right now. If we look at betting percentage percentages and trends, if you had to guess, what do you think can, of tickets being bet? How many how many percentage would be on KC in your opinion? I think definitely the the league the public's on KC. Yeah, and the answer is give it a guess. Uh, sixty five. You're good, man. You're good. Sixty seven percent, my friend. Uh, so and that doesn't mean. Like I told you, just because percentages are high in one, it doesn't mean they can't win, of course. Yeah. Um, you just have to go with your gut feeling, combine all everything, all your data. Um, so you like KC initially. I like LA. Will you be betting on KC or not yet? Not sure. Uh, I'm not sure. It, it's two, yeah, it's a two good teams. And I don't know. We'll, I'll, we'll see tomorrow. When I'm, gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Before the game. All right, so no play there yet. Uh, over under thoughts. It's at uh, fifty four right now. Opened Oof. at fifty three and a half. I think on Monday it got pushed to fifty four and a half, which you can find on some sites. And now it's at fifty four. Thoughts? Wow. Could be. It could be an over. Yeah, it looks I like, like I could see an over there. Yeah, I mean, two teams, even without Keenan Allen. I mean, Herbert can move the ball around. They got yeah. Uh, what's that? What's uh, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, Palmer, um, Jalen Guyton there still or no? Um, Jalen Guyton? No. Yeah, no, he was Wait, there, he there. No, no. Nah. Uh, he Donald, may be. Yeah, Donald Parham was the tight end, but I think he's yeah. hurt. And then they yeah. had the guy Carter. I forget his other. Yeah, he did good. Day. Yeah, DeAndre Carter, I think. Yeah. He had yep. a good game last week, but Palmer's their slot guy. He may take uh, one of the X spots there and take over Keenan's spot. But uh, I think it, they can move the ball and possibly over is a good play there that you're leaning on. Um, one play that I'm going to officially play, uh, I may do it right during this pod in case the line moves up. I am going to play, and this is a free play for the listeners if you want to tail. You can even tail it, the hammer. I'm going to take Austin Eckler. Touchdown anytime at minus 135. I'm going to risk one unit, risk one unit. Um, I found that on Bovada. Um, you know, depends what your sites, DraftKings, FanDuel, what you can find it at. I found the cheapest is minus 135. Austin Eckler uh, wasn't really getting it going last week against the Raiders, didn't score a touchdown. You were with me at Buffalo Wild Wings. Somehow he wasn't even getting a goal line carry for whatever reason. They were finding yeah. ways to pass the ball. I think this is a get right game and positive regression i guess they say for austin eckler and i'd like for him to be heavily heavily involved in this thursday night football game and to cross the pile on for a touchdown i, I like uh, that play i i think he, he's due and they're gonna use him a lot more than they needed him last week against the yeah. Raiders. so so you don't mind that play yeah i like that i like that a lot Gotcha. Do you have any plays on your ends or still just taking a gander and looking at all of it? Yeah, I haven't looked. Um, not yet. I've just all been right. kind of reading. I did a lot of reading and researching now, but nothing yet. Yeah, fair enough. Um, it's a tough game. It's not an easy game. We know that. Um, let me see here, actually, while we have it up. 
Um, I don't have it up, so I can't tell you that. But uh, it's going to be highly contested game. Chargers play well on the road. KC is KC, Mahomes and Andy Reid. Um, it's going to be a good one. So look forward to that. Free play, Austin Eckler to score anytime touchdown. That's a sure fire play here from Fuck Nation to risk one unit. And anything else, The Hammer? Any thoughts? Um, no, man. That's it. Thanks for having me on the show again. And uh, look forward to pay, uh, for the Thursday night show. Awesome, buddy. So, yeah, we're going to try to do this weekly podcast recapping the NFL week. Um, you know, give some free plays when we have it. We're not going to force it um, if it's not there. And, you know, give some plays out for college football on Saturdays or Sundays ahead of time. Uh, so tune in to the pod, Hammer. Hopefully can have you on a weekly trend here on the podcast. If you have time to join us, appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And uh, enjoy the football, man. Hell of a week one. All right. All right, man. Take care. All right. Thanks, Hammer. See ya.